Desert Word Center, how's everybody doing on Sunday night? Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to have a great time together worshiping Jesus tonight. Who was with us this morning for baptisms? Amen. What an awesome time. We ended up, about, I don't know how many people, but there's a lot of people who got baptized. And uh, it was just yeah, a lot of them here tonight. So praise God. A wonderful time. And uh, we also had to pray for uh, Ukraine. And the whole uh, situation over there, so it was a really awesome service. Uh, praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because it's more important than ever for our country to come to Jesus and realize that there's only one answer to all of the situations that we face, and it's Jesus. Amen? Let's say this together. Father, Father. 
we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Okay. Well, we've got a lot going on here, so let's go through some announcements real quick. Uh, First of all, uh, let's see. The Young Adults Group is going to be meeting this Friday. Yeah. (laughs) At uh, 6.30. And so that's for ages 18 to 30. And so this is a night for us to get together. And uh, you're going to come to my house. I'm slightly above the uh, 30 cutoff, just a couple years, but it's okay. Praise God, you know. Uh, but we're going to lead it, Pastor Katie and I. It's going to be at our house, and we're having a good old fish fry because it's National Tartar Sauce Day. So fried fish and fish tacos. Somebody give the Lord praise right now. Somebody, yeah. All right. So uh, that's Friday, and uh, we invite you to that. Also, this isn't on the screen, but the men's meeting is this Saturday morning. Men's meeting, all right? 9 a.m., uh, now, I heard a rumor that Chuck is cooking breakfast, uh, so I hope that I can confirm that. But we're going to have a nice hot breakfast for you. And I, there's another hot uh, word coming that day, and it's from Nick Alva. He's going to be leading the meeting. Yeah. First time ever. Yes. Nick's going to be bringing the word. So we're excited about that, excited to hear what the Lord puts on his heart. So, men, that's Saturday, 9 a.m., next door in Victory Hall. Okay. We've got the intentional parenting class starting this coming Sunday. And so um, just remind you what this is real quick. It's a five-week class, just one hour a week. And it's going to be Sundays from 4 to 5 p.m. starting this Sunday. There's child care provided. And so we'll watch your kids for you. It's going to be, I believe, here in the main building. But it's a class on biblical godly parenting first of all and teaching parents and we've even got grandparents signed up on how to have a game plan for what you're doing because we're finding out that well we probably shouldn't just be winging this thing and flying by the seat of our pants we we need a game plan on how to raise our kids and so i'm very excited about this the class is 25 dollars. that gets you the book and and everything that you need for the class you get to get the book in the bookstore and we've gone through a lot of them but there's still some back there so make sure you do that all right baby dedications are coming up baby dedications we're very excited about this It's going to be the last Sunday of March, so March 27th at the 10 a.m. service. We'll be doing baby dedications. Got lots of new babies in the church and lots of uh, new people with babies that want to get them dedicated. So it's going to be a wonderful time of celebration. And, of course, you can invite your family and friends. They can get in on this, too, and be blessed. All right. Uh, We also have Easter coming up on April 17th. Yes. Amen. Of course, that's one of the biggest days of the year uh, for us here, and of course, Christians everywhere. We're celebrating that Jesus is alive. We're doing. A, we're going to go big this year. Got a big egg hunt planned uh, plan for the kids, all right? And it's going to be right here on the property. And the children are doing a performance. And of course, most important of all, we're bringing the gospel of Jesus to everybody that comes in. Amen. 
So that's April the 17th. If you would like to be um, involved in helping that, uh, we do have some information on the info booth. We need people to help pack the eggs full of candy. And we put a scripture verse in each egg because, hey, they get sweets and they get the word all at once. I mean, you can't beat that. Do you have something to add to this, honey? Come on up, please. Let's have Pastor Katie. Amen. Amen. She knows a lot more about this than I do, so (laughs) bail me out. We need eggs and candy. In order to put scriptures in them, we have to have them. So if you are running through Walmart or Dollar General or wherever and you see plastic eggs, snack some, bring some. Goal is a thousand. And what does that mean for kids? Leah has us down to like a science. 15 to 20 eggs per kid. Okay. With candy and all of that. Plus a normal resurrection day party. Yay, Jesus. Yes, we also need candy. So you want candy to put in the eggs, individually wrapped, small enough to fit in the eggs, preferably no chocolate. What? We'll take them all. She asked large or small eggs. We'll take them all, but lots of them. The goal is lots of them. So if you see a 10-pack versus a 20-pack, it's a 20-pack. Do that. Okay. And if you're bringing chocolate, it's for pastor, not for the eggs. (laughs) He no longer gets Easter baskets. You know, we just high-five him on Resurrection Sunday and tell him Jesus is alive. So if you want to bless him for Easter, he'll take it. Praise Jesus. Um, In addition to that, um, the intentional parenting class, we're being intentional about providing you child care. So if you intentionally are not going to the intentional parenting class, then be intentional about helping me do child care. So we are splitting the ages up because our church has grown tremendously. And this right here is why we have the parenting class. Praise Jesus. Anyway, so if you are interested in helping with preschool through fifth grade, awesome. Or if you're interested in helping with newborn through four years old, let me or Desiree know and we will hook you up. It's for one hour prior to service. So like four to five o'clock would be all that would be. And you'd still make it to the evening service. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right. Very good. All right. So again, all that stuff is coming up. And I encourage you, if you don't follow us on social media, it's actually a really good idea to do that because we can keep you in the loop. We're constantly posting these things on there. And so uh, you can know what's coming up. All right. So that's a good idea to follow us on Facebook or Instagram and you can stay in the loop just a little bit better. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, Lord. It's happy time. Amen. So if you need an envelope, raise your hand. And the ushers are going to get you one. And we're going to open up our Bibles tonight to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to look at a couple of verses here. Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to start here at verse 19. I'm in the NLT, Matthew chapter 6. We'll start here at verse 19. Some words of Jesus for us. And I always think, man, it's important to, important to tune in and listen to what Jesus himself is saying. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. And so many people, I mean, they're storing up treasures here on earth. And yeah, you want to you be rich and you want to be uh, smart down here with your stuff. But the truth is, none of that stuff is going to last. Check it out, verse 20. He says, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. So look at verse 21 here. Here's what I'm getting at. 
Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so, you know, I, I like what I heard Billy Graham say many, many years ago. He said, I can tell you any man's priorities, just show me his checkbook. Amen. Where we decide to put our resources is where we're, what we find really important. And so if we find the kingdom of God to be very important, if we find the things of God to be very important, it's not an issue at all for us to tithe and to give and, uh, and to invest into the kingdom of God. Where our treasure is, meaning where our resources, where our finances are, that's where our heart is also. And so I encourage you tonight, if you're a tither, man, you are putting the kingdom of God as a priority in your life. And the Lord is going to bless you for it. I can promise you that right now. I do not regret ever obeying God's word. And even in the area of giving, it, it never hurts me. It's always for my benefit. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. Well, let's stand up together. Praise the Lord. We're going to speak some words of faith over our giving tonight. Then we're going to get into some praise and worship, and pastor's got the word for us, so it's going to be an awesome, awesome night. Amen. Let's say this together, and I encourage you to say it in faith. Don't just repeat some words. I mean, we're saying this by faith, knowing that God is getting involved. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us up front at the altar as we worship tonight. And let's all sing together. Break into the wild and don't be afraid. Run into wide open spaces, graces waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted, graces waiting for the spirit.
dances, waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting. When the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. Oh, the Spirit is here.
time again You have proven You'll do just what you say Though the storm Though the storm may come And the winds may blow You may steadfast And let my heart look When you speak a From age to age, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can do. You're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast.
We're going to preach the gospel to every creature everywhere we go and let them know that you're real. They don't have to lose. They can win. And Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit enabling us to live a holy life and a clean life so you can back us up and not be ashamed of us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. I'm going to be talking tonight about revelation knowledge, the greatest key to victory in life. The greatest key is revelation knowledge. I'm going to be talking about that. And uh, I saw myself doing something as we were worshiping. I want you to do this with me. If you're, if you're a believer, if you're born again Christian, you know Jesus lives in your heart, not in your head. Correct? Amen. Jesus communicates with your spirit, not with your head. And that's where so many Christians miss it. They're led by thoughts. They have their own human wisdom. They have their own things they've been taught that aren't necessarily in line with the Bible. But a couple of weeks ago, we taught them being led by the Holy Spirit. He said, for many are led by the Spirit of God through the sons and daughters of God. Amen? And led by the Spirit of God. God is a spirit. We're a spirit. We live in a body. And we got born again. Our brain's the same brain. Our mental's still the same mental. Uh, human understanding and education we learned over the years is still the same in our head. That's why he told us in Romans chapter 12, he says, don't be conformed to the world. Don't think like them. Don't make decisions like them. He said, but have your mind renewed by the word of God. And when your mind gets renewed to the word of God, then it's easier to use your understanding because it's going to agree with the word. But he didn't say, he didn't say for the men who are led by their head, led by the spirit of God. And so tonight when I'm teaching, I'm going to be teaching how to become more spirit conscious. If we'd become more spirit conscious than what goes on around us, conscious, then we'd focus on what he has to say and what he wants us to do, and that would save a lot of, a lot of tragedy in life in our own lives. Amen? But uh, anyway, I want to show you a couple books out of the bookstore before I get to that. Number one, The Believer's Authority. And let me give you a little testimony about this book. I've given it before, but maybe some of you haven't heard this. This book was a big part of the Iron Curtain Fallen back in the late 80s, early 90s, this book was. I met, I've met a lot of Russian uh, pastors back in the early 90s that got to come to America and come to some of the conferences I was in and got to tell their testimonies. I personally talked to a lot of them, and there's so many things I can tell you about Russia back in the early days of the new Russia that would just make your hair stand on end. But... The main thing I remember from these pastors is that uh, over in, in communist Russia, when it was the Soviet Union, these people cried out to God and cried out to God and cried out to God to deliver their nation from communism because they get, they've truly become born-again Christians, but it was a crime to have a Bible. So they really, really, really didn't have much teaching. They just had to try to figure out things and pray, do the best they could do. And, and I remember this group of about three pastors I met one time in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they said that all the time they come up to the borders of the Soviet Union and they cried and prayed and about, and God, 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 let the curtain fall, let the curtain, the iron curtain, want it to fall. And they were crying and praying and they didn't know 
what to do except cry and pray for God to move and do something. And then a guy named Jim Caseman, one of the first graduates of Raymond Bible Training Center, he'd been out in the ministry a few years, that God spoke to his heart and told him to print, how many was it, 3.2 million copies of this book in Russian. And then God raised up groups of Christian smugglers to go to the Soviet Union and smuggle those books in. And so as those books would be coming in, that they, they, they were so valuable that those pastors would hand copy on paper as many of these as they could and pass them out to people everywhere just to write them down because they were so scarce to have over there. And all of a sudden, after a season of finding out, they had authority over the devil. They didn't know that. They had authority over demon spirits. They had authority over things. To what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. That's your baby has hurt you. As we begin to learn those things and speak those things, the government began to change. And then I think about some of the transformations that people don't know about, but that first Russian government after that, they had a constitution. And I actually talked to a man that was in the office, and he got to lay hands on the new constitution of Russia. They dedicated the new Russia to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then did anybody ever hear of a man named Nikita Khrushchev? Nikita Khrushchev is the only premier of Russia that is not born, that is not buried in the criminal walls. He's, bo- he's buried in a little Baptist cemetery outside the Kremlin because he got born again. His mom was a Baptist Christian, and when the gospel began to be preached, Nikita got a hold of it, and because he turned on communism and become a follower of Christ, he couldn't be buried there. And on his tombstone, I talked to a man named Dave Esla, was at the graveyard, on his tombstone, it's got a tombstone, and it's got a crack that goes down the middle of it, and on Nikita Khrushchev's tombstone, it says, the man that turned from darkness to light. Amen. But I'm just telling you, that came to pass because people not only had the spirit to pray, they got the word to have faith in how to pray. So this book here is a very awesome book. And then also here's another book called In Him. It's a very inexpensive little book there. But anyway, this book, I'll just, you know, if you want to buy one, you buy one. But this shows you some of the things I'm going to be teaching about tonight from the Word of God. And it'll show you how to become a really powerful Christian, where you don't have to live in fear anymore, where you actually become an earth mover instead of being moved by every circumstance that comes at you. Amen? You know, I want to say this again as you turn to Matthew 16. Turn to Matthew 16. I want to make a statement that the Lord gave me back in the year 2000, and I say it all the time. I say it all the time. Because you've got, you've, got, you've got to get the revelation up. We're going to be talking about revelation knowledge tonight. But faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. And, you know, in, in, in my own life, I've proved that so many times by crisis we've been in. When my son, Pastor David, he, he missed it this morning. And when you got a good testimony, you need to tell people about it. When he was three and a half years old, got crippled, had leukemia, I'd been around enough, taught faith enough, that I knew that denying that he had leukemia would not get him healed. Did not deny he had it, he had it. Did not deny he was crippled, he was crippled. But I denied the devil the right to kill my son with something that Jesus already 
paid the price for. We taught a couple weeks ago about Christ became a curse for us. And Deuteronomy 28.61 says that every sickness and disease is a curse. And so because Christ took leukemia as the curse on my son, that the devil had no right to put it on him. But I knew my authority in Christ, so I took authority over it. My son didn't have to be crippled because Christ took his infirmities and bare his sicknesses. I took authority over it. I took authority over it. Get a hold of this. I took authority over it. I didn't cry and beg God to do something. Because what could he do? 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, it is finished. He did it all. And so as New Testament believers, we need how to reach into that world, the spiritual realm, and pull it out for us. Amen. That's what we're talking about tonight. And so what I saw myself doing, I don't want to lose thought of that. Do you have a Bible? You got a phone, an iPad, or something, you're looking at the scriptures with yourself? Hold that up with one hand. Now lay hands right there on your belly where your spirit is, where the Holy Spirit talks to you at. Now close your eyes and say this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives in me. And I ask you tonight to give me revelation from your word about the things you want me to see tonight. And Lord, I want to thank you for revelation knowledge of who Jesus is and all that he's done for me. And I give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And so uh, this, this, really, this, this, this is really serious to get a hold of this. This is the difference between you being, I don't know how to say it, except maybe a weak, a weak Christian with little faith or a strong Christian with strong faith that changes things. Amen. Aren't you tired of seeing the people around you that you love, that profess Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they don't know what to do except whine and beg? Amen. We're not beggars. We're more than conquerors. Amen. We're, we're, we're not crying out to God to do something about the devil. Jesus already did it. And you know something else I'll point out to you. I learned this through Brother Hagin years ago, my own studies of the Bible. No place in the New Testament does it tell a Christian to ask God to do something about the devil. He says, you submit to God, you resist the devil. Amen. He, said, he, said, he, said, he says, you neither give place to the devil. He said, what you bind is bound. Etc. cetera, et cetera. You go through the New Testament, you're going to find out that Jesus did it. And then he said, I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father now until my enemies be made my footstool. Well, think about what that means. Has anybody here got a footstool beside me? You got a, you got a, a recliner or something where it comes up? footstool. That's where you put your feet. That's where you rest your feet. Jesus is the head of the body. We're the body. All things are under his feet. And so wherever part you are of the body, if you think you're the lowest part of the body of Christ, that's the feet then. And he says, wait until all things be put under his feet. And so we are the ones that demonstrate Satan's defeat. We are to demonstrate. I demonstrated Satan's defeat when my son got healed. I demonstrated that Satan has no power over born-again Christian. Three years ago at this time, when I had stage four blood cancer going through those things, I demonstrated Satan's defeat. Then when I had that heart attack right in the middle of all that other attack, I demonstrated Satan's defeat 
by demonstrating that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is healer. Jesus Christ is deliverer. And, and, I, I, and, and speaking to those of you that have been addicts or alcoholics or whatever else you've been into, you get delivered and you stay free in Jesus. You're demonstrating that Jesus is still the deliverer today from addictions and every other evil thing. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. So I see these things here in the Word of God we're going to look at. <coughs> it's going to help you <coughs> to understand how this has worked in my life and many others, how it will work in your life. Matthew chapter 16, look at verse 13. I guess I should have given, <coughs> dug a heads up back there. Verse 13, <coughs> excuse me, says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea of Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of God, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you're John the Baptist, or Elijah, and others, uh, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said, whom do men say that I am? And that's a question still being asked today, and people today are still debating about who Jesus is, except they debate about who he was because they don't believe he is. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. Ever. Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost baptizer. He is Lord. He is the healer. He is. Jesus wasn't. Jesus is. Amen. And so they're still debating. And today, there's people of different religions that, that, that debate, and they'll say, well, he was a great prophet. They'll say that. They'll say, well, uh, some, some religions in America here, when I used to work the streets a lot, I started off the street ministry, I used to work the streets, and we have some of these, I don't even want to call them denominations because they're not, they're cults. We have a couple of them represented right here in California where we live at. And when I talked to these people, they would, they would tell me, yes, we believe that Jesus Christ was a son of God. But then as you talk to them, but I'm a son of God, you're a son of God, he's equal with us. He's not the only begotten son of God, he is a son of God. See, this debate's still going on. Who do men say? Some people today say, yeah, he was a son of God. Some will say, well, he was a great teacher. They'll say he was a philosopher. They'll say he was a lot of things. And so that's how they say it. But then verse, verse uh, 16, he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that I am? And that, and, and, and that question right there is the difference between defeat and victory in your life. It's between success and failure in your Christian faith. Whom do you say that he is? And then I want you to notice then, as Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, That's who you are. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that Christ there means the anointed one with the anointing of God. He said, You're the anointed one. He said, You're the one that's Savior, healer. And we can say Holy Ghost baptizer. Deliverer. He's the great I am. That's who Jesus Christ is to me. That's who, I, who do you say that he is? And you know, I think about in my life what I've learned of, from Christians over 42 years of doing this. What I've learned is this there's a lot of good Christian denominations that believe he is the Savior. And they say he's the Savior. And they confess him as Lord. But they don't believe that he's the healer. 
And the reason I say that is because this, when they pray, they cry out and beg, and then they say, if it be thy will. Well, when you read the New Testament, when you read the Gospels, which is actually part of the Old Testament, but we call it new, but Gospels are still the Old Testament, and then become the New Testament, until he died, was raised from the dead. And so he operated in the Gospels as an Old Testament prophet. But even in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus healed all that were sick, except the ones that doubted him, the ones that didn't believe in him. But then we get into the, into the New Testament epistles. There's not one epistle says anything about Jesus didn't want to heal people and that he won't heal, but that he always heals. And so if, you're, if you have a serious sickness or disease or praying for a loved one, whom do you say he is going to come to the area of healing? Is he, you don't know what he might do? Whom do you say that he is? When it comes to having your needs met, and you're a person that believes in tithing, and you actually bring tithes into the storehouse, when Christ has come, do you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the tithe? If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of the tithe, then Jesus is totally free to rebuke the devourer for you. Amen. Do you believe, as Malachi chapter 3 says, that the windows of heaven are open for tithers, or do you cry and you beg and you plead, say, oh, Lord, open up the windows, open up the windows. What do you believe? You know, I learned years ago for myself, I live under open windows of heaven because the Bible says that's where I live. I live my life under John 10.10. 10. Jesus told me the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy he said, I come for you to have life, have it more abundantly. And, and the Amplified Bible says, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And what I'm saying is this, what is real to you about Jesus? We're going to be talking about revelation knowledge. What is real to you? What do you say? And you know, that what do you say is so critical because we know in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, we have whatsoever we say it. And matter of fact, the New Testament calls that our confession. Hold fast your confession of faith. And so in the midst of crisis, what do you say about Jesus? I say that Jesus is my financier. Jesus finances my life. I used to receive a paycheck from trucking companies. And then that shifted to ministry. But I received it from trucking companies. All they were were the clearinghouse. My check came from heaven. Because I, I did my work as unto the Lord. I worked for Jesus Christ first. As a truck driver, he got 10%. And then I got what was left over, and what was left over was blessed. And then I become a preacher. I didn't change financiers, still Jesus. In truck driving days, when companies went out of business, I wasn't looking to them for my support anyway. I was looking to Jesus. So he got it to me even when I was in between jobs. Then when I was a pastor, when church, church income was low, I still looked to heaven. When church comes good, I look to heaven because I say that Jesus Christ is my financier. He's my Jehovah Jireh. He supplies all of my need. That's who I say he is. And you know, I want you to think about what I'm saying tonight. Jesus asked a general question. Well, who does everybody else say I am? Well, I can't go by what the denominational people say he is. If they say he's Savior and Lord, praise God for that. That gets them to heaven. But his will is to have heaven on earth. How do I know that? I pay attention to what he said. He said when he prayed, 
Thy will be done in earth now as it is in heaven. There's no broke in heaven. There's no addictions in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no wars in heaven. And so I know what Jesus wants in our life. You understand what I'm saying? But the big thing is we've got to stop and examine our words and our hearts. Who do you say that Jesus is? And whatever you're facing in life, <clears throat> if you don't know what else to say, you can say Jesus is the great I am. Because he said I am. And Moses, when he went to Pharaoh, he said, who am I supposed to tell sent me? He said, tell him I am. Now, I like what I heard years ago. What's the definition of I am? I am whatever you need when you need it. I am it. And so, even if you don't know a lot of Bible yet, you can say this. I know what? I know this. Jesus is the answer to what we need. And I'm going to study the Bible until I learn how to get it. But I can tell you this. It's not over till it's over. It's not over. Amen. As long as you're breathing, it's not over. So anyway, he told Peter told him, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then verse 17, verse 17, here's our key to everything we'll be talking about tonight. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not. And why you circle the word revealed? Put yellow through it or light it or something. He said, Flesh and blood not revealed it unto thee but my Father which is in heaven. And so Jesus said that, Peter, you didn't just figure this out. This is revelation from heaven, that he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I, I, I think about that at that point in time, that the Spirit of God didn't live in people. The only ones that had the anointing on their lives was priests and kings. And sometimes in the Old Testament, on a rare occasion, the Spirit of God would come on a believer to stir something up. But Christians were not born again yet. And so for Peter to receive that revelation, that was really something for God to, be, to get that to his heart because none of those disciples, none of his inner circle that were traveling with him, none of them, none of them knew that he was really the Christ. They didn't know that. They hoped that and they believed it with their heads sometimes. But when the going got rough, their heads won. Amen. Is that right? Amen. We cannot live off a of head knowledge. You cannot live off of Bible verses that you've heard that your head knows and you can quote. And so listen this. This, this is so powerful. This is so powerful. He says in verse 18, and, you know, I'm not going to relieve. I'm not going to relieve. Read the religious interpretation of this verse. I'm going to read exactly what Jesus said. He said, I say also unto thee that you're Peter. And then, I don't know where these people get this stuff. Peter's the rock. That's not what he said. He said, you're Peter. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. What's the rock? The solid foundation of revelation knowledge that he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, I'll build my church on this revelation knowledge and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Against what? Against Peter? No, against revelation knowledge. You get revelation knowledge from God of what the word of God says about your life, then Satan can throw nothing your way that will put you under. Because you have revelation. 
I'm saved. I'm born again. That's the first revelation that every human being needs to get, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I want you to think about this, what I'm saying. Jesus said, upon this revelation, that he's Jesus, the Son of the living God. He said, I'll build my church in this revelation, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the revelation. You think about all the Christians over the eons of time that have been beheaded, that have been crucified, that have been burnt at the stake. Every one of them, up to their dying breath, confessed Jesus as their Lord. Because that wasn't something they believed in their head as religious belief. That's something they knew in their heart because it revealed to them in their heart that Jesus is real. He's my Savior. I will not renounce Christ because that's who he is. Because flesh and blood did not reveal that to them. A preacher didn't uh, get that in their head. Somebody didn't talk them into the notion of saying, I'm going to get baptized and be a Christian now. Water baptism follows after you've received Christ. Amen. But I want you to get this. You know, I'm just going to kind of, I just, I just kind of got to feel myself around by the Spirit to make sure you understand what I'm saying. Jesus said, you're Peter, and upon this revelation that you received, Peter, I'll build my church around that revelation. Christianity was built around the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for our sins. He was raised from the dead. That's the very basic thing of Christianity. Anything that calls itself Christian isn't based on that number one belief. They're not Christian. They're fakes. Amen. That's fake news. Amen. The gospel's good news. Amen. Is that true or not? If you're born again Christian, you're born again because you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that, that is not something you learned in your head. That's something God spoke to your heart. Amen. And so, the gates of hell cannot prevail against revelation knowledge of healing. Things we went through, we had revelation knowledge. Not only was Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we had revelation knowledge that Jesus Christ was our healer. And I, I still think about, you know, I know more about me than I do you. I don't know you like I know me. I don't know what you believe and how strong you believe about healing. <clears throat> but I know that when I got diagnosed with that cancer, it was very real to me that when Jesus told me in James chapter 5, had the elders of the church anoint you fall in the name of the Lord, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. That wasn't something I heard preached, although I'd heard it preached. That was something in my heart that my Father in heaven revealed to me that he meant what he said. And so that's, what I, that's why I said from day one, I look at a lot of my, uh, we, you know, we call them department heads, elders in the church tonight. We all gathered them into that room over Victory Hall that night, and I told them what my diagnosis was. I said, now you're the elders of this church. I said, I'm going to ask you to anoint me a father in the name of the Lord. I said, I'm going to ask Pastor Dave to pray the prayer of faith over me. And that wasn't because I was, had some kind of, uh, I don't know what you want to say, some kind of positivity, some kind of, I hope this works. My Father in heaven revealed to me that elders of the church prayed the prayer of faith. He said they heal the sick. They said they're healed. And so when I said 
I don't want you to ever pray for my healing again because God's not deaf and he doesn't lie. He said, when you pray the prayer of faith, healing powers begins to work in my body. I said, but, I said, when you think about me and want to pray, I said, just raise your hand and say, thank you, Father, the prayer of faith's been prayed. And our pastor will get better every day because you tell the truth. You said the prayer of faith will heal the sick. That's what I told my preacher friends when they wanted to pray for me all over again. I said, I don't need you to pray for all over again. I said, God heard the first time. And when he said the prayer of faith will heal the sick, I said, I believe him. I take him at his word. And I want to say this again. A lot of people aren't there. A lot of preachers aren't there. But I know my father well enough. I've received revelation knowledge that Jesus is my healer. Not that Jesus was a healer or that Jesus healed somebody else. He's my healer. Whom do I say that Jesus is? I say that Jesus Christ is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my Deliverer. He's my Healer. And that's why I can confidently say, after that diagnosis, that my number one line of defense against this cancer is His Word. My number one line of offense is His Word. But, because this thing got in, I'm going to go through treatment but I'm going to look at the treatment to be my healer because that's what I need to do. I'm looking at Jesus, but praise God, I'm going through the treatment. But Jesus is number one. And I want to say this again. He said the gates of hell. And if you think stage four blood cancer is not the gates of hell, you've never seen it then. Are then 99% blockage in my main coronary artery. That was pretty serious stuff too. That was the gates of hell trying to take me out. Why do you think the devil would want to kill me before my time? So I wouldn't teach stuff like I'm teaching tonight. Amen. So the people out there here this night wouldn't get to hear what I'm saying. Amen. And so listen to what I'm saying. I want to make sure I get these words to you. Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood didn't tell you this. It was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. Revelation knowledge is, if not the greatest, one of the greatest needs of the modern-day church is to receive revelation knowledge about who Jesus is, not just Savior, but healer, Holy Ghost baptizer, one where all wisdom comes from. I mean, there's so many things I can tell you. That book in him is really good. It goes through the New Testament epistles, and Brother Hagin suggested go through there and just be alert and praying. And every time you see it, see it a verse that says, this is what you have in him. This is what you have because of him in you. This is what you can do because you're in him, et cetera, et cetera. And as you begin to read those things in your Bible and mark them, and then I always like to keep the journal and write those verses out and keep reading them, reading them, reading them until it become real to me. I can do all things. Now, I want to tell you what the, what the Bible really says. I can do all things through the anointed one as an anointing, which strengthens me. Christ was not his last name. Christ was the office that he had for the New Testament church and for the world. Christ, because we're Christos, it means the anointing. And so I can do all things. And see, Christians don't quite get this. I can do all things because that anointing and the anointed one that works in me, the anointing. Isaiah says, 
that the anointing removes the burden and destroys the yoke. The anointing. And so we do things in Jesus' name, but Jesus' name works because of the anointing. And then the anointing, when we know what it is, and we believe that Jesus Christ is the anointed one, and the anointing, the things work in our life on a higher level. And so then look at verse 19. And because, because revelation knowledge is how Jesus builds his church, and there's nothing Satan can do to stop you as a part of the church, if you walk in revelation knowledge in every area that you can receive from, then he says in verse 19, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys represent authority. Only the authorities of this church have keys to this church. And the higher level you are, we've got different keys from different levels. When you're, when, you're the, when you're the head of this church, you have a master key that fits all locks. Other people have keys that fit some locks. But Jesus said, I, I, he said, I'll give it to thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, keys represent authority. You've got authority over all devils. You've got authority over all cancer. You've got authority over mental disease. You've got authority over addictions. I think about that one guy one time. Never forget it. I was down in Houston, Texas in April 1982 at John Olstein's church. And my friend Gary Rex and I was working the streets in between services. And come back to this drunk guy. And I come from a family of drunks, so I know what drunks are. And you know, if you've ever been around drunks, you know what drunks are. And drunks are absolutely goofy. Drunks will love you at the same time they want to kill you. You never know which direction they're going to go. Sometimes they're laughing. Sometimes they're cussing. You don't know what they're going to do. Met this drunk on the street, and we were just leading lots of people to the Lord. And this guy, like that. And the things I was sitting under was working my life at a high level because I believed I had anointing. And I grabbed that guy's hand and said, let me pray for you. I took authority over that drunken stupor. All of a sudden, I got, whoop, he snapped up. He came to his senses. Then my friend Gary said, can I take you over here and buy you something to eat, get you a cup of coffee? He took him over and fed him, led him to the Lord, laid hands on him, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Instead of speaking gibberish, he was speaking in tongues. But what I'm saying is this, it was that authority because of the anointing that I carried got into that man. I think about a lady one time. Uh, I've I got to get back to this here. But these, this is real to me, the anointing I carry. You've got the anointing too. You've got the faith. You've got the power of God. And you've got the same Holy Ghost. Uh, there was a girl, I wasn't a preacher yet. I was, I was a, a truck-driving Christian. I was a truck-driving Christian. I was a Christian, but I drove trucks. And so this girl, uh, the girl, young lady, she's probably 30 years old, had an aunt she told about in a nursing home in Indianapolis. And she wanted me to come there one night and meet her to go in and pray for her aunt because her testimonies all the time, I prayed for people that got healed and led people to Jesus. She liked what she saw in my life, and she was just a fellow believer with me. So I went to, the, I went to this nursing home, and... I got there, and my friend hadn't showed up yet, so I kind of walked around a little bit, and I asked the desk, I said, where's so-and-so at? 
Now they said she's in such and such a room. Went in there. Now there's this old lady. Man, she, she was all skin and bones, but they had her tied down to the bed rails, had her arms tied down. And I forget what those words were she was saying, man. She was laying there in the bed. I walked in, told her I was, and she growled at me. And then she said something like, Numu, Nimu, 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 or something. Some kind of goofy word kept saying that. And she was totally, totally, totally possessed or something. And so I said, oh, wow. I walked back out in the highway, hallway, and I couldn't see my friend yet. And I just thought, well, I'm going to go back in again. So the lady starts, Nino, 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 acting really weird. And so I looked at her. I said, you know what? That's just the devil. And I've got authority over the devil. And I looked at her. I said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command, you to, I command you to shut up and come out of her now, in Jesus' name. And we started having a conversation. We wasn't talking much, but we were talking back and forth in conversation. I went back out in the hall. We went down there to the lobby, get waited a while. And then Mary Kay showed up and said, you just get here? I said, no, I've been here a little while. I said, what have you been doing? I said, I'm back there talking to your aunt. And she said, talking to my aunt. So she hadn't talked to anybody, I think, seven years. So they've kept her restrained for all this time. Flesh and blood had not revealed this unto me, but my Father which is in heaven. I've got authority to cast out devils. I've got authority over all the power of the enemy. I'm talking about revelation knowledge. You know, you hear some of us get up here and talk, and tell these things from our lives from the Bible, we're just people like you. I started off sitting out there where Michael and Cindy sitting. I used to like to sit right about that far back, about the middle. I didn't want too far back, didn't want too close to the front. I kind of want to make sure I can hide behind somebody, just be back there. But anyway, no, that's how I started. I heard the Bible taught. I heard my pastor give testimonies. Other people taught me what the Bible said. And you know what I did? I went home with my Bible. I read those verses. I wrote them down. I left my Bible by my bedstand. I'd read them going to sleep at night, and I'd say, I've got power over all the power of the enemy. I preach the gospel to every creature. I cast out devils. I lay hands on the sick, and they recover. I, went, I, I, I meditated on those things. I prayed those things. I confessed those things. And guess what? All of a sudden, one day, it went out of my head into my heart. My father revealed to me that I can cast out devils. I lay hands on the sick, and I don't hope they get better in the name of Jesus. They do recover. Amen. At the gates of hell, the gates of hell, Dave McNeil, cannot prevail against your family. Amen. You've got authority over all those things. Amen. And that's not a, that's not a flesh and blood thing. That's the Holy Ghost thing. And that's how this works, revelation knowledge from our Father. And so, and so we as Christians, if we want to receive revelation knowledge from the Father, we need to spend some time with him. If you never read your Bible, how's it going to become real to you? You know, I, I, I just want to say this thinking about the word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of who? The Father. Amen. From the Father. This revelation always comes. And as far as I'm concerned, 
all these little nice little things that you get across social media, the little teachers they give you. That's the vitamins. I take vitamins too. Talk about natural vitamins. I take vitamins. But if all I ever did in the morning, I was got to take my one a day. For older people, for 50 plus. <laughs> and my vitamin D3. And my fish oil. And then I said, boy, I'm healthy now. I took my vitamins. It wouldn't be long. I wouldn't be trying to lose weight. I'd have to start gaining some weight. I eat food. And I take vitamins to supplement. You need more than a devotional. You need more than a, I don't even know what they are, where, what Bible apps, whatever they are. You need more than a Bible app giving you a verse and two or three little good things about it. You need to have your Bible. Take your vitamins. I read Brother Hagin devotional every morning. I read the High Desert Word Center verses every morning. But I have my Bible too, and then I eat my meal. I want to say that again. I eat my meal, but I take my supplements too. Is this helping anybody? And you know, that's how I've received revelation knowledge that I'm more than a conqueror. That's how I've received revelation knowledge that the financial things the Lord's had to step out to over the years, that I can do it. Because Jehovah Jireh, my father, he supplies. He really does. I found that out. I tried to step out when I was a young Christian where I didn't have revelation. I had head knowledge. And so I stepped out above myself in financial things. I got in trouble because my head said I could do what my pastor does, but I hadn't grown to where he was. Confession is good for my soul. Amen. Well, why, why can't I help you avoid the pitfalls I've went through? You know, the things that I'm saying are real to me. If they're not real to you, don't do what Peter did. Don't get out there and start going down the water going to drown. Man, make sure you got something before you step out there. That's how this works. But what I want to do for the last little bit, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 1 and show you a great prayer. And on the way to Ephesians, stop off at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to show you one verse I keep thinking about, so I need to show it to you. We're going to Ephesians, but stop at 1 Corinthians Chapter, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 2, and I'm going to look at verse 9 and verse 10, and you need to see this. You need to see this. You know, like all the other things that you've learned over the years through the Bible, when you begin to hear something new to you, you need to see the verses. You need to write them down. You need to read them again. You need to study them. You need to look at them. And... I want, I, I, want, I want to say this again, what the prize is. Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against your house. Amen. He said, against my church. Well, his church isn't a building, it's his people. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I think about how real that is. Uh, how many you know my son Joe? Well, when Joe was little, probably, I was already pastored, he was probably... I don't know what he was, maybe five years old or something. And five-year-old kids, uh, 
don't make up stuff, really. I mean, they do, but not, not like what I'm going to tell you. Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, come to Indianapolis every year, and, and for several days he was at the Indiana Convention Center downtown Indianapolis. And so they had these great big rooms. You now they got these big walls. They open up and make a big room out of a room. So he had this great big room in the convention center. And in the convention center, as Brother Hagen was preaching, right behind his big banner said Miller High Life. Because a lot of times that was the center for all the boozers, politicians, everybody did their stuff down there. And the Pacers played right around, the Indiana Pacers played right around the corner. So that place there was a beer hall. It wasn't a church building. And Brother Hagen was doing his stuff at all time for watching Brother Hagen preach. He got the big Miller, Miller High Life beer side behind him. Of course, we wasn't paying attention to that. We was listening to what he was teaching and preaching and, and listening to the Spirit of God talk to us. We're going home. And this before they had all these laws about kids' seats and buckles and everything else. And Joe's in the front seat between me and Mom. And I looked down at Joe as I'm driving, and Joe's eyes are wide open, about that big. They're smoking kid at Hagen's church. They're smoking kid at Hagen's church. They're smoking kid at Hagen's church. But Brother Hagen had taught about the glory of God. And then the priest in the temples said a cloud came in. Anybody ever read those things? The cloud came in, and when the cloud came in, the priest couldn't stand. And then God in a cloud appeared to Moses. And then Jesus on the mount of the Holy Mount of Trans Trans Transfiguration, the cloud came down and God spoke from the cloud. Brother Hagen talked about God in the cloud and the clouds of glory. I didn't see that smoke. There weren't any sinners there smoking that day, or non-delivered Christian people either, because I, I shouldn't say sinners. There's still a lot of church people smoke. But anyway, there weren't any smokers in there. And so my son Joe saw in the spiritual realm the glory of God. Amen. These things are real. The Holy Spirit wants to do something tonight in our lives. He wants us to become conscious of his spirit revealing things to our spirit and getting out of our head and begin to listen more for our heart and seeing the word of God become more than a teaching in our head but a revelation in our heart. So we can't just say, the Lord healed my pastor and his son, but you can start saying, the Lord's my healer. And the Lord supplied all the needs for my pastor or for so-and-so. You can start saying, the Lord's my financier. He supplies all of my needs. That gets out of the head where it becomes real to you. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, verse 10, as it is written, talk about natural eyes, has not seen or natural ears heard, neither has entered the heart of a natural man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now look at this. Jesus said, flesh and blood did reveal to you my Father in heaven, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. See the revealed again? I'd circle that. I'd put yellow to it. I'd put a line under it. It says, God revealed them by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal things to you. The Father wants it to be real to you. You don't have to run to the unsaved people to borrow money and pay 20 or 30 or 40% interest. God wants to buy that car for you. God wants to get that house for you. 
God wants to buy your kids clothes. God wants to pay cash for your lunch. Amen. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you, you don't have to run to the unsaved world to pay them, pay them as a, Jesus, Jesus called it unjust usury. That's high interest rates. So the Holy Spirit wants to reveal those things to you, but go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read this prayer out of verses 16 to 23. And I can tell you this, based upon the word of God, and my own experiences in life and many others that have learned to pray like this, this will set you up to receive revelation from the Father, from the Word of God, to where things will jump out of your head and into your heart. Now Jesus just got through saying that revelation knowledge from God is how he's going to build his church. He's going to build his church one stone at a time. And then Peter said, we're those living stones. And so for your solid foundation of your life to be, number one, you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then for that foundation in your life to grow, to be in your deliverer, your financier, your healer, your wisdom, everything you need, then it grows from revelation knowledge. So chapter 1, verse 16 says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And so Paul's talking about praying. He said, in my prayers I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, we just talked about the glory, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. We're seeing over and over and over and over again, it's the will of God for you to receive revelation knowledge of him. Revelation of the knowledge of him. Wow. I'll tell you what, you need to start looking at these verses, writing them down. And I learned this, I learned to think off Brother Hagin. I've got multiple Bibles. Where there's something I'm going into for a season, I'll leave one of my Bibles open in a prominent place in my house where I keep seeing it open to that place. And then when I see it, I'll walk over to it again, and I'll read it out loud. And if it's verses like this, I'll pray them, and I'll confess them. I'll say, Father, I want to thank you for giving me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you in this area right now I'm dealing with. You know, I think about the child training thing. You know, a lot of you are going to come to these child training classes. Why don't you begin believing that through the word of God that's taught these classes, these things, that God will give you revelation knowledge of those scriptures you're seeing. Amen. I'll tell you what, we never had one of those curses all the people put on the kids, man. We never had any, what was it, terrible twos I heard about or UFIs or whatever. I don't know any of that stuff. We never said them. We never said any of those things because they weren't Bible. We had revelation knowledge of Proverbs 22.6. We trained up our children the way they should go and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Glory to God, it works. Did we have any crisis of life going through it? Lots of them. But like Pastor Dave said this morning, just because you see Christians that walk in victory and they're all smiles doesn't mean they never had any battles. 
I'll tell you what, if we could see scars on our souls, you'd see some. But guess what? We stuck with the word because of revelation knowledge. Amen. <clears throat> and so he says, spirit of wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of him. And I did circle. In my Bible, I've got a circle around wisdom and revelation. Because see, key words like that you need to get. He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that means your spiritual eyes open. How many remember Saul on the road to Damascus? All of a sudden, his eyes were opened. Then his natural eyes went blind for a season, but his eyes were opened. And it says those people with him even heard that voice. And Saul said, Lord, Lord, who are you? His eyes were opened. And said, anyway, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. How many here know that the New Testament is the will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ? He died, but he came to life. He left us an inheritance. And that inheritance is deliverance. It's victory. It's I'll save you and I'll save your house. All those different things is part of the inheritance. And the more that you fall in love with this and spend time with this, with the heart open to the Father, you're going to see, wow, that's in my inheritance. I didn't know that. I already had that. That's mine. And you'll go, woo, woo. You're going to get excited and jump. And sometimes that happens in church during worship. Somebody will see something, they'll take off running. Well, glory to God, if you just found out that this was yours all along, you just found out, you'll jump too. It says, now look at this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? I circled that. He wants us to see, to receive revelation. Was the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the work of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in me. It's in you. We've got the same Holy Ghost. They didn't have, he didn't have one Holy Ghost for Jesus, another Holy Ghost for the believers of the New Testament, and then one for us now. We got the very same Holy Ghost, the very same power. That's why we can lay hands on the sick and they do recover. That's why we can lay hands on the addicts and get them delivered. Then we got to get them into the church to get them discipled too. Amen. That's a big thing, getting them discipled. And then it says, and then it says that he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, have you got your shouting clothes on? You're getting ready to see something now. He set Jesus at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Isn't that great to know? Jesus is the right hand of God in heavenly places. Where is he? Far above all principality and power. That's talking about demonic forces and might and dominion. And every name that is named, cancer, poverty, addictions, sexual perversions, every name that is named, not in this world, but also that which is to come, have put all things under his feet. We're part of the body of Christ. Put all things under whose feet? Our feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body that follows him that fills all in all. Now, isn't that great to know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, above all principality and power, every demon? Pastor, they got some big demons there. They're under my feet. I tell you what, there's some mean demons under my feet. 
Amen. But then I want you to jump down to verse 6. Want to say it again? Have you got the spirit of shout upon you? Well, get ready. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where is that? Back to verse 21. We're seated with him, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Verse 6. Listen to this again. Holy Ghost, give them revelation. We're seated with Christ, seated together in heavenly places, far above, far above, far above mental disease, addictions, lack, poverty, family divisions, every name that's named, teenage problems, mean dad and mom problems to teenagers. Teenagers, that was for you. Amen. Revelation knowledge from Jesus. He said, the gates of hell cannot prevail. I'll build my church of revelation knowledge. And I'm not the Bible history guy. Tony Cook is. Pastor Dave is. They take you down through church history from Luther and all these other ones, what they received from time to time at the church group. In this time we live in right now, in this world we live in, the words of Jesus have not changed. We have one commission, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved, that believeth not that shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. We cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, we raise the dead. Everything Jesus said we can do, we can do because it's not us, but it's him in us. We begin to confess that, believe that, talk about that. Cancer will never put fear in your mind again. You hear the word cancer. All you'll think about this is an opportunity to work for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Come on up, Pastor Dave. Did that get into anybody's heart? Are you going to start believing for revelation knowledge? Are you going to start believing that God's going to cause these scriptures to move from your head to your heart? Amen. Let's everybody stand up. Amen, amen, amen. Well, Dave, I think, Pastor Dave, I think we'll leave a little Bible confession. Amen, amen, amen. How many know that as we confess the Word of God, it becomes more real to us? And that our soul, which is not our spirit, our spirit gets born again, but our soul needs restored, renewed. And so let's make this confession, and it'll cause your soul to grab a hold of more of what's going on. That's what you need to get. Just close your eyes. Say, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I'm not just a human being. I'm a supernatural, Holy Ghost-filled, word-believing, powerhouse, child of God. You said your word. I can cast out devils. So I can. I can lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, and they do recover. I can do all things through you, Christ, who strengthens me. Nothing's impossible for me because I believe. You said you would always confirm your word with signs following. So I'm going to continue to pray your word, speak your word. Share your word, 
And I know that everywhere I go, you're with me because you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. And Lord, I expect great and mighty things to happen in my ministry. I may not be a preacher, but I'm a believer. And you said to preach the gospel to everybody. And thank you, Jesus. I'm not alone. You're right with me. And when I'm sharing the gospel, you're confirming it. Thank you, Lord, that I'm part of your end-time army. And I'm not afraid. You didn't give me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I'm not a nitwit. I'm not dim-witted. I'm not ignorant. I'm not brain dead. I'm not insane. I have the mind of Christ. And everywhere I go, I have your wisdom. I have your knowledge. I have your understanding. And I will do and I will be everything, absolutely everything you've called and equipped me to do. Thank you, Jesus. Let's shout hallelujah. Amen. 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 You can have it. Whatever you want to do. All right, praise God. Well, man, what a word from heaven tonight for us. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. And I hope you write those verses down that are uh, being thrown out there. I mean, you need to get those in your heart and uh, start standing on those. That is absolute key to your success that we stand on the word of God as we saw this morning you know you gotta not only hear it but you gotta be a doer of the word also that's where you start to see the victory in your life amen all right well we've we've had we've had a great time tonight we've spoken the word and everything else so I just want to pray over you this evening and uh and we're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession in just a minute but Praise God, you've got the victory, don't you? You've got the victory in Jesus. Hallelujah, what an awesome day that it's been. Let's raise our hands together tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, the scripture tells us that men everywhere ought to lift their holy hands in prayer. And so we do that. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for what we've seen in your word tonight, Lord. And we know that it's true, Lord. And yes, we have authority over all the power of the enemy. And so we are going to walk in that authority in the name of Jesus. We're going to use your name, Lord, against anything and everything that may try to rise against us. And we thank you that we are victorious, Lord. And it's not because we're so good, it's because you're so good, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. And Lord, we ask that you would use us this week everywhere we go, Lord, to be the light of the world like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We thank you, Jesus, that we are full of your glory and you are using us this week to change Barstow and change this whole region. We love you in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow, and we're going to get you on your way, and you are going to have a victorious week. Who's going to have a victorious week this week? Amen. I believe it. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. 
Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.